Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our series, Common Christian Problems. And today we're going to be talking about one of the most common of all common Christian problems, namely the spread of pornography, especially amongst the Christian community. This is going to be a twofold broadcast. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about the scope of the problem. And then second, I'd like to talk about one very powerful solution that you may never have heard about regarding this problem. Now, I have talked to men uh, after I've done a talk on pornography at Catholic men's conferences, and it was told to me, and these are guys struggling with pornography addiction, saying, we don't need to be shamed, and I'm talking about men in their late 20s, 30s, 40s, and on up, we don't need to be shamed, we need solutions. So I'm going to give you a solution today, just, just hang with me, but on the other hand, you should know that younger Catholic men, uh, particularly teens, early 20s, regard not recycling their trash as a more serious sin than viewing pornography, so there's a little different strategy need to be used there. Let's start with marriage, because here at the Family Life Center, we're very big on lasting marriages. We feel it's the key to family life, to raising godly children, and marriage and pornography do not mix very well. This is from page 96 of the book Primal Screams, and it says this, quote, when men start watching pornography during marriage, the odds of divorce double, unquote. That's pretty serious stuff. And if we want to keep our marriages together, we need to just realize that the spread of pornography is like a cancer. It can go on for quite a while. It's going on in our churches, but we tend to kind of ignore some of the symptoms. And in many places, it might be mentioned once every five years, and then that's it. When this is perhaps the most common of all Christian problems. Uh, Josh McDowell did a survey or helped sponsor a survey and according to, this is the last couple of years, a fairly recent survey that 68% of men who go to church regularly view porn, and particularly concerning is that young men, 18 to 24 years old, 76% actively seek out pornography. Christian, young Christians, 18 to 24, we're talking about 76%. I've seen statistics for college men that are actually higher than that. And my book, The ABCs of Choosing a Good Husband, actually, when we reprinted the book, I changed the entire chapter, chapter 18. In chapter 18, I tried to deal with the problem of pornography and a young woman uh, choosing a husband in today's world. And I've had young women say to me that this chapter, and there's one other chapter as well, 
each of these chapters is worth the price of the book. And let me just tell you a couple of things that I mentioned in this chapter. First of all, I recount a time I was asked to come on EWTN television and uh, talk about the pornography uh, plague and some solutions uh, to with it. And after the show was over, the producer came up to me with a very serious look on his face, and he told me, the entire call center staff is in tears. Now, the call center staff is very used to hearing about problems and struggles that people go through, common Christian problems. That's what the call center staff is there for, to offer prayer, comfort, and support to those calling in. But when we talked about pornography, it was so overwhelming that the staff, the experienced staff, the tough staff, were in tears. Uh, It was very interesting. I made a research visit to a Christian web forum for young Christian men struggling with purity issues, and I was scrolling down the various posts. There was one from a young woman, and she was a new bride. She apologized for kind of uh, barging into this all-male website, but she said as a new wife, she was crushed and angry that her husband, her new husband, had brought pornography into her marriage, and she said her husband's porn habits felt just like adultery. Now, there's also something in this chapter of the book that's probably the only time you're going to see it in a Catholic book. I'd laugh. That was simply out of nervousness because I came across a statistic that was published by the Barna Research Organization that for some reason Catholics are just seem to be ignoring because I don't see it published anywhere. And since I was the only one willing to talk about, at least that I know of, I contacted the Barnett Research Institute. I said, is this accurate? I mean, did you actually publish this? You know, did I misread something? No, this is what they found. In a national survey, Barna Research Organization found out that Catholics were twice as likely as the general population to view pornographic content on the internet. So this is a problem in the church. It's a spiritual cancer that will cause death in the church. It will ruin marriages and destroy family life, and it has to be addressed. There's something else in this chapter that I talk about. I entitle this section of this chapter on pornography and the ABCs of choosing a good husband, the double whammy. Because there's one other chapter in this book that I've been told that individual chapters worth the price of the book, and that is the B chapter entitled Beware of the Trigger Effect. Now, in this series on common Christian problems, I've spoken repeatedly on how various traumas and hurts from childhood are taken into marriage and adult life and can affect all types of things that we've been talking about in this series. Well, the same thing. If there's a trauma, if there's a a wound, if there's a father abandonment, if there's abuse or whatever, any of those things can actually fuel a pornographic addiction. In other words, uh, 
you have an injured heart. And rather than dealing straight up with that injury, you try to medicate it with a substance like alcohol or drugs or behaviors like gambling or sexual stimulation, immoral sexual stimulation like pornography. And these things act as an emotional aspirin. So if you have a wounded, hurting heart and you view pornography, I'm going to be straight up here. You feel better for a very short time. And then immediately following that, you fall into an even deeper depression and hurt. So you have to return to the emotional aspirin again. It's like keep reaching for a bottle of aspirin when you really need to go see a doctor, an internist for something really going on inside. So you need to be aware of that. That's what's going on in Catholic circles. And I'm not just picking on Catholics because the I'm not going to mention this site because I don't like to give out information uh, on pornography. I'm not going to mention this site, but there's a very popular pornographic website that took some of the Gallup poll data and was interested in finding out, is there any association between the Bible Belt, in other words, people who describe themselves, large portions of the population who describe themselves as very religious, how did that affect pornography viewing? So I was very interested in my new hometown here in Greenville, South Carolina, was number nine in the entire United States. And, you know, for folks out of state describing Greenville, I said, this is very, very close to the buckle of the Bible belt. And yet we're in the top 10 for pornography viewing in the entire country. And even worse, in a sense, that you go to places like Huntsville, Alabama, or Birmingham, Alabama, or Jackson, Mississippi, you have even higher rates of religiosity. In other words, people describing themselves as very religious. And these places are in the very top categories for pornography viewing. So in Protestantism and Catholicism, we have a major, major problem. We have a uh, a, such a significant problem when the statistics I mentioned, 70% of young Christian men viewing pornography, and if this doubles your probability of divorce, young women are having a very difficult time finding a porn-free young man to marry. And on top of all that, children like ages 8 to 12 are seeing such perverse things in their phones, I literally can't mention them over the air. This is going on as I speak. So that's the problem, and I promised that we would talk about solutions because a lot of religious writings are simply talking about the problem, and I think we need to address the problem, but we also need to try to provide solutions that are just as powerful and comprehensive as any description of the problem. We can't leave it with describing the problem and then uh, saying, call such and such or read this and such book and everything will be fine. So I am going to be sharing with you today the top solution for what I would call an impossible condition. And it has been repeatedly mentioned, including testimony to the U.S. Senate, that a pornography addiction 
which stimulates neurochemicals, chemicals in the brain that unlike, say, cocaine, which you can get out of your body but is very difficult to get over a cocaine addiction, pornography is even more difficult to get rid of. And I've had people who were addicted to both drugs, all kinds, and pornography mentioned that pornography was harder to get rid of in their life than the drugs were. And the reason being is that when pornography is viewed and these neurochemicals are stimulated, there is a type of chemical imprint within the brain of that image. And leading experts, again, this is in front of U.S. Senate testimony, would say this is a permanent image etched in the brain that doesn't go away. I've had a very committed Catholic man, uh, leading pro-life advocate, uh, very committed. He was around 70 years old. And for 50 years, he hasn't viewed pornography. In other words, in his youth, he did. And he told me, he said, Steve, I can close my eyes today. I'm in my 70s, and I can still see those images. They don't go away. Now, I am going to be sharing with you today uh, my top solution for this seemingly impossible condition, because there are books, Catholic, Protestant, and secular, on beating pornography addictions. Now, and I have a shelf and a half on books, how to get over pornography addictions. I've never heard this, never heard it on Catholic TV, radio, or in print. So, it might be worth your while to pay some attention because we really want to find, is there a way to get these permanently lodged images out of the brain? And I'm going to start with a scripture from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, letter to the early Roman Catholics, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And remember, the early Catholics were pagans. Majority were pagans. Once it got side of outside of Israel and St. Paul started going around a pagan Roman Empire, converts were pagans. But they did find that Christianity was powerful enough to transform the lives of pagans. And this is why I'm going to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Very key verse. St. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Don't be conformed, but rather be transformed. I have a new book coming out, and that title is going to be called Transforming Grace. It has a subtitle with it, and I'll be talking about it when that's ready. But this word transformed is key to the Christian life. If you've gotten yourself deep into sin, including the sin of pornography, which the experts, which I agree with almost everything the experts say about the addictive nature of pornography, except it doesn't always have to be permanent. If there is a transformation, you could say, okay, well, I've become a Christian and now I go to church. 
I'm not talking about going to church. Uh, I'm talking about allowing your personal life to be dynamically changed by Jesus Christ and the power of his grace. This word transformed is the word we get in English, metamorphosis. It comes almost, that's a difficult word to even to spell in English. It comes from a Greek word to me means transformed, a true metamorphosis. And that's not just trying to change some external behavior and all this, uh, I, I'm going to try to do it type of thing. It's allowing Christ to transform you from the inside to the outside. That was Romans 12, 2, and I'm going to give you a cousin verse, also from St. Paul, from his letter to the Ephesians. He says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Okay, that's a pornography addiction. That's all kinds of wrong thinking and a mind filled with wrong thinking. Okay, Put it off, and verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. In other words, this renewal, this metamorphosis, this transformation comes from a renewal of the mind. And let me tell you what a a Greek lexicon will say regarding this word to be renewed in your mind. It's to renew, to become young again, to restore, to be made new, fresh. See, that's not a permanent imprint. That's not a permanent blackening of your mind. It speaks of a profound inner transformation and renewal, okay? Now, this isn't a do-it-yourself project. Any do-it-yourself project, I will say, particularly when you come from such a life-dominating sin like a pornography habit, a serious habit, or an addiction, if it's a do-it-yourself, get over it, I would say you're running close to a 100% probability of total failure, okay? We're talking about here a, a dependency on Christ to renew us, and how are we renewed? And this is the there's, there's some various ways, but I'm speaking today specifically to be renewed through the transformation of our minds. Now, I'll take you back to an Old Testament story that you think, what in the world does this have to do with getting over pornography addiction? But in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, at the very end of, of the chapter, it talks about when Moses would go in and communicate with God. When he come out, his face was shining and it was so bright and the Israelites got kind of scared. He put on a veil after he'd been in talking with God, communicating with God so he wouldn't freak everybody out. And he said, okay, well, all right. Well, what's that have to do? Come on, let's get on with it. Well, then we go to St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 13, St. Paul says, but we're not like Moses, who had to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not see the end of the fading splendor. In other words, after he came out, he'd basically have a glow. He'd been with 
the God of light and glory. It says, but when a man turns to the Lord, a veil is removed. In other words, a barrier between God and his people is removed, and we, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being changed into his likeness. That word changed, again, is this transformation, this metamorphosis, where change into his likeness from one degree of glory to another, and this comes from the Lord. This isn't a do-it-yourself project. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, let me share something very embarrassing and personal. Uh, When I was a young man, I viewed pornography. It wasn't on the internet. It wasn't on cell phones because there weren't personal computers and there weren't cell phones. And I was stupid to do it. I thought that viewing pornography was about like, you know, drinking a few too many beers or smoking when you knew it was bad for your health. I just thought it was something that people did that they shouldn't do, but, you know, everybody did it. Okay. Well, I stopped viewing pornography when I had a conversion experience and thought it was all behind me, so to speak. Well, I started engaging in uh, youth ministry, went and graduated from a Christian college, and I spent a summer after graduating from a college uh, on Key Biscayne, Florida. And in the mornings, I decided, I mean, real early, uh, almost before everybody was up, I'd go out to the beach on Key Biscayne, and I would engage in scripture memory. I mean, some pretty intense scripture memory. I was really trying not just to casually, you know, look at scripture for a few minutes, but I was actually trying to put it into myself and realizing that you could actually be transformed as scripture comes into you. It's a way of that unveiled contact with the living God. Well, this is what happened. To my shock, I started having some of the worst thoughts of my entire Christian life. And I'm walking down the beach after some mornings of doing this, thinking, now this isn't supposed to be happening. Because I know if you put good things into your mind, good things come out in your life. And here, more than any time in my Christian life, I was putting good things into my mind and trash was coming up to my mind. I think, where is this coming from? And lo and behold, I finally realized that I had been going around with these permanently, or so to speak permanently, imprinted images. And as I put scripture deep into my mind, they were kind of like cut loose. And they were coming to the surface, to my consciousness. And when they did, I learned, okay, we're not going to dwell on that. We're going to confess that. And boom, it's out of your life. And again, I have a shelf and a half of pornography books. This isn't anything I read or heard. Most of the things I've been trying to help Catholic men dealing with pornography, I've read about or heard about, but this is one I lived. And people aren't talking enough about this because this is how you can be transformed. So I'm going to give you some resources on how to assist this process, and I'm talking primarily through direct contact with Scripture 
and by doing so, it's a direct contact with the living God. Um, I have two booklets entitled Breaking Free and Young Men Breaking Free, these little booklets. The Family Life Center has distributed over 160,000 of these. You can find them on dads.org. And I made one mistake when publishing these two booklets because you get to the end, it says appendix, scripture memory for a pure mind. I should have deleted the word appendix and put it in front of the book because a lot of people read the book. It has 12 very valuable steps, the type of thing you'll hear everywhere about beating a pornography addiction. But the real value here are these scriptures that you can put into your mind and heart that will literally transform your mind, not just inform your mind. So if you get the Breaking Free booklets, Pay attention to the appendix that shouldn't be an appendix. It should be right up front. It should be the first part of that. Also, if you go to dads.org store, we have what we call the Pure Mind Scripture Kits. And these are little business cards with the same scriptures you find in the Breaking Free booklets. And the idea is you memorize one a week. You can do it. You apply yourself. And the idea, again, this isn't God rewarding you for doing stuff. It's just you're exposing yourself to God, saying, God, here is my mind. Here is my heart. I invite you in. Transform me, and he will. You need to do regular and consistent scripture reading, and by that I mean uh, at least four times a week, but if you really have this addiction or a serious habit, I would say every day of the week. Just make it a habit, and to assist that, I really think there's a place for listening to Scripture. And if you have an iPhone, uh, you can get some really good uh, narrations, and I not ones with all kinds of little gizmos and music and stuff, just good, straight narration. I'd like the ESV, the English Standard Version, for my daily narration I like to listen to, but you can have Lots of times you can listen to that. And then there's an album, an album that I've listened to for years and years and years and years. It's entitled Meditations in Psalms, Meditations in Psalms. And you can find that in Spotify, the iTunes Store, and Apple Prime Music. And I would really recommend maybe listening to that for several months as you go to sleep at night. Just remember, he saved us, not because of deeds done by us, this is Titus 3, but in virtue of his own mercy, which he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 330 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.